0: Today on The Breakdown, just a few short days ago, it was the final table at the World Poker Tour's Rolling Thunder main event. And with five players left, the two chip leaders, Joe McKeon, that's right, World Series of Poker main event champion Joe McKeon and Ian Steinman, got involved in a pot that has lit the poker world on frickin' fire. We've got so, so many requests to do this hand already. We are excited to do it. We're doing it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. <laughs> hey
1: yeah you know we might get more requests between the time we uh record this and the time it comes out that's it's a darn guarantee it bro. is a guarantee right now we have 24 requests is that and including we, digital dan that is including digital dan okay. and we're on thursday and it's going to come out the following thursday so it's a, a full week's gonna pass oh man yeah we, we might hit 40 or 50 yeah but, yeah, you heard it right. Digital Dan, for Poker Time viewers, is one of the requesters. Guess who was the first requester? It was Batiste. Yeah. He texted us as it happened.
0: Yeah, and I got a text from Digital Dan as well just, like, a few minutes ago. And, of course, Twitter's been on fire about it. Our Twitter feed's just been one after another after another. You know, links to the same hand. And some people saying, I'm sure you're already getting this, but just in case. Or get my name in there, too, or whatever it is.
1: Yeah. So uh, the rest of the suggestions, let's, let's get them out in the open. Okay. Some of them are hard to pronounce, so I'm sorry. Uh, but Mike Frederick. Andreas Niep, Ken Chia, Bojan Fruntik, there's like no vowels in that last name, Rory Foster, Zach McKieran, Daniel Boston, Jay Recker, Craig Wong, haven't heard from that guy for a while, Long hope way. you're okay, Craig, Charles McClannis, Ben Page, Bill Wendling, a lot of suggestions from that guy too, Alex Trembath, also a good guy, Samuel Cosby, Patrick Mitchell, Josh Jackson, the basketball player, I'm pretty sure, Phoenix Suns, yeah, uh, Randrogo, Ryrie, Matthew Piscatelli, John Barchard, Draker, and Adriano Alves.
0: That's pretty good. Of course, Digital Dan, which I didn't said, say but is part of the list. And I just like to point out I think the second guy you said Andreas um Neep. Neep uh, was actually at that final table. He's sitting uh, on... He's actually on the button in this hand. He suggested it as well. He's a fan of ours,
1: and he he is a guy we saw in Tahoe when we were there for the World Series circuit. He took a picture with us in Batiste. It's
0: the first time anyone's ever tried to get a picture of Batiste with us. It's always usually just us. It was like, okay, (laughs) things are changing. (laughs) We've made Batiste a little bit famous, I guess. How about that? Good for him, yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's great. I got no problem with that. Share the limelight, what limelight there is.
1: Yeah, so... (laughs) couple more things about this hand one mm. ian steinman who is in this hand he knocked me out of that main event in in tahoe the the circuit main event the jerk called me with pocket eights i had queen Jack's no fair he's a good player and he makes that call i flopped a queen and a jack though so uh you won that hand i guess i i thought i was going, later i thought i was going to but what
0: happened hand. did he just uh did he force you to leave anyway yeah he understand. was like
1: he stared me down until i just conceded i just left <laughs> that makes sense though at least you yeah know? i mean that's part of poker live poker that you online people don't understand <laughs> <laughs> it happens every once in a while another thing of note about this hand is jonathan is unusually angry about it he feels upset i am. he feels vitriol yeah it's like a seething hatred coming from jonathan about this hand
0: um it's a little strong but I do have very strong opinions about this, and you're going to hear them all. I'll we, tell I you mean, what I'm going to let I'm going to let this one loose, people.
1: To explain why I'm saying this, we watched the hand, then Jonathan stomped around the room for a while <laughs> and was talking about how everybody's so exploitable. I'm so upset. Like, yeah, yeah, that's
0: that's basically right. Yeah. So, but yeah, we'll get into it. I'm sure
1: we will. But it's going to be fun. I, I got to tell
0: you, I, I drove over to Poker Guys headquarters, Poker Guys Studio B, and. Uh, I was really excited. I was like, we're going to do the king, king hand. Yay. I I can't wait to get into it. Like, I'm really excited because I want to, I have a very strong opinion about it, but I have been wrong. And I certainly, many times you and I have gotten deep into a hand and I feel like I really learned things about the hand that I hadn't, that I hadn't thought of or, you know, that's the whole point of this, right? We go really deep in and we explore every corner that we possibly can and we find out something and I am excited about the possibility of finding something out, even though, I don't believe I'm going to. I'm still excited about really getting into it. I guess that's why I love being a poker guy.
1: Hey, you know what we should do? Hmm. Uh, we recently had an interview with Christian Soto about a hand with hashtag King. Yeah, we should get Ian Steinman on the on the old line. Talk to him. We we that's an interesting
0: idea. Yeah, that's an interesting idea. Well, I think we're going to start setting up more interviews yeah. like we did with Christian Soto because we really enjoyed that. It went really great. You know, we thought it was great for the listeners too. We hope you got. We hope you guys really liked it. If you listen to our um, what is it? Five thousand, 2000 blinds in with these hands, something like that, right? 1000 blinds. But still, um, that's the classic Soto hashtag King hand. So Christian Soto came on with us and we just released it the other day. Um, just talking about that hand and his thought process, which was Christian Soto, an incredibly impressive human and poker human. And yeah. like what, honestly, it was sort of a privilege to listen to, to him just like
1: talk his way through it. Right. He's better than us. Yes. Um, It sucks when people are better than you and it's so obvious. Yeah, Yeah. it's something to, you know, shoot for. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Before we get to talking about this hand and interviewing Ian Simon in the future, let's talk a little bit about Dash Digital Cash, shall we? I think it's a great time to do it. Dash, of course, is a
0: cryptocurrency and it is one of the most exciting cryptocurrencies because it has a few traits that really set it up to be used as actual currency and actual cash in the future. Like it's really good looking? It is really good looking. It gets hired
1: more frequently because of its good looks <laughs> it's like Brad
0: Pitt. Yeah. Uh, you know, sure. Why not? Or like January Jones. That's a better example, right? Can't act, but gets the worlds anyway. This is different uh, think, though. This is more Brad Pitt though, or George Clooney, right? The dash still, has got all dash has it all. It's got yeah, the looks and the, and the moves. Yeah. Bradley Cooper.
1: There you go. You know, who else can act? I don't know, but let's get back to Meryl talking Troop about is dash. pretty good looking for an older woman. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so dash, uh, it's transactional fees are one of the greatest things. It's one cent to transact, and guess what? It doesn't take very long. How long does it take?
0: Um, it takes between one and four seconds. If you've got, let's say, for example, the Dash wallet on your phone, and you're sending to someone else with the with the wallet, bam! It's just there. We've done this multiple times. Actually, if you look at the video that we created about Dash in the description of this uh, podcast, there's a link. You'll see an example of it. We actually show we videotaped me sending Grant a little bit of Dash, and you'll see just how unbelievably fast it gets it, there.
1: It's way faster than even a credit card. Oh, yeah. And by the way, costs a lot less for the merchant, which is why it could eventually be used by merchants. Yeah,
0: one of the other things Grant mentioned is um, the incredibly low transaction fees. Unlike Bitcoin, um, which, while it sometimes will have low transaction fees and sometimes will have high, Dash is always low. Dash is always like a penny, period. So it's just, it's just not an issue that... Um, it's always a great thing to be using as a transactional currency.
1: Right. It also is getting itself out there in fun ways. There's something called the Dash Treasury. Dash sponsors a bunch of fun projects such as this. Yeah. Such as uh, MMA Fighters. You know, yeah. It does all sorts of stuff. Community building, uh, algorithm building, making Dash better all the time. It's great. You should check out the video to learn more.
0: Yeah. Um, we highly recommend learning more about Dash, downloading the wallet, getting involved
1: in Dash. Get yourself right. some of that. Giggity go. Yeah. All right, let's get to this epic hand that everybody's talking about. Everybody wants it. Everybody's grandma's talking about it, even. <laughs> everybody grandma's. <laughs> everybody grandma's? That's what you said. Oh, is it? Well, that sounds like a really cool name for a dance. Everybody grandma's. Yeah,
0: you know yeah. it. It's kind of a great point. It's like
1: part of a rap, you know, where you, there's like a normal rap, and then the guy says, everybody grandma's, and then everybody, you know, does Yeah, the...
0: everyone does a thing,
1: because yeah. everyone... They do the grandma. All right, anyway, Ian Steinman and Joe McKeon, I'm pretty sure neither of those are grandmas. They are too young, but someday. (laughs) (laughs) It's another thing to
0: aspire to. It's like we talked to Christian Soto, aspire
1: to be better. Someday they will be blessed with with that duty, Um, but not today Mm. because they're playing poker. Uh, WPT has implemented a time element into their tournaments where now... I guess you can accrue quite a few time extensions because many are used by one player in this hand. I mean, this
0: is the final table, so I guess maybe you can take them even from day to day with you. Or maybe they give you a lot of them. Maybe. Because, yeah, like you said, there are so many used by one player in this hand.
1: All right, so it's 30K, 60K. We are five handed. Yeah. Uh, the current payout is like $67,000 or something. Yeah. And I think first place is 280. I something. think it's 290, but I can pull that all up because I took a screenshot of it. It would be good to know those things. Yeah. Um, the next jump is not very big, though. It's like a 25K jump or something like that. Yeah. Well, Jonathan is accidentally watching a video. I
0: didn't mean for that to happen, <laughs> but they just immediately started an ad when I was just trying to call up the camera app. What is happening in the world? All right, here's the answers though for the money. So um, they've all locked up sixty nine thousand dollars. First place is two hundred ninety five thousand dollars. And like Grant's saying, the jumps are not that big right away. It's uh, less than thirty k to fourth, which is ninety seven, um, one thirty one for third. So less than like thirty five k again, or sorry, forty something like that between thirty five and forty k. Um, and then the jumps get a little bit bigger. It's 70K from third to second is the jump up to 200K, and then finally 295 for first. So it's actually relatively gradual for a final table. I kind of like that, personally.
1: I do, too. Um, All right, so let's get to it with Ian Steinman, who is in the small blind. It folds around to him. He is the overwhelming chip leader with 5.7 million at 60K big blind. Yeah. Uh, So almost 100 big blinds. And he has two kings, so that's a good spot. Yep. He has king of diamonds, king of spades. He makes it 160K, small to big. The big blind is main event champion Joe McKehan, who is a very good player.
0: Yeah, this guy did not luck his way into it. This guy was the best player at his final table and has done very well since. Yeah, as he well.
1: keeps doing well. I mean, this is another example. Yeah. Um, so he has 3.6 million. He is second in chips. So Steinman has a significant lead over the table because McKeehan has like 57 blinds. Mm-hmm. Steinman has 89 to 90, something like yeah, that. So it's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he has queen 10 off, queen of clubs, 10 of diamonds in the big blind, and he calls. I don't see any other optioning. I guess you could three bet, but you could. why?
0: Especially when the two guys with the most chips seems like such a clear call. In position. You're, you're, also, Joe McKeon doesn't really play high-variance pots if he can avoid it. He likes playing low-variance pots. That's one of his things.
1: Yep. Yep. Uh, on the video of this that we watched, the top comment was, he called me with a queen and a 10, honey. Yeah, that's, that's right. It's a, a great comment. Hellmuth reference. All right, 370K in the pot. The flop is not one that you want to see when you have two kings. They call them the Ace Magnets for a reason, Levy, because they <laughs> attract aces you know, magnet- magnetically. Yeah, with metal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, an ace flies out of the deck and hits Steinman in the hand. It's kind of messed up Yeah, because of the metal. No, actually, there is an ace on the flop, though. Ace of hearts, seven of spades, five of hearts. Nobody has a heart in their hand. So this is a horrible flop for the kings. Obviously, the Queen Ten doesn't love it either.
0: I mean, it's a way worse flop for Queen-10, but yeah, I feel you, Doug.
1: Yeah, but the Kings, you have more hope.
0: You yeah, know? no, of course. No, the Kings are like, ugh.
1: Okay. It, always, it always happens to me, man. I yeah. Never win with Kings, man. Yeah. That's how Ian Steinman talks. All right, so Steinman's going to bet anyway, which is completely fair. It's not likely that McKeon has too many aces in his range here. I, mean, I mean, McKeon's
0: calling with all of, almost all his aces pre and not re-raising, I think.
1: Right, but his range in this particular situation is so incredibly wide that aces yeah. don't make up a large percentage of it.
0: I agree. Yeah. I agree. No, no, we have to believe we mostly have the best hand as McKeon. I'm uh, not sorry as Steinman right
1: now. Right, and uh, betting is like partial, partially protection, partially value. I guess. Yeah.
0: Um, also, probably Steinman thinks. Like, this is a board I'm usually going to bet on, so I'm just going to bet even with Kings because I can get value out of... is isn't like he's going to fold. Joe, Joe McKeon's not folding any pair on this flop, right? No, of course not. And he's not folding any draw on this flop, so let's bet.
1: Yeah. Seems reasonable. Right. Um. So he bets 150 k mm-hmm. hoping not to get raised. Yes. And uh, the hand's over. I don't see what else could happen. This McKeon, was, I'm,
0: <laughs> I'm glad everyone suggested yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know
1: why this got 24 <laughs> suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, McKeon decides to float here. He's going to call. He yeah. has... A backdoor straight draw, but no flush draw of any kind. So it seems ambitious, I guess. He's doing the thing that we talk about sometimes where he's doing a better job repping an ace than raising would.
0: Yes. So I that's, think that's his plan? I think he believes that um, Styman's probably raising most of the time small to big and then c-betting almost always on this board. And so if McKeon calls once, it's going to be really hard for Simon to continue with anything but an ace.
1: Right. And McKeon can rep an ace more easily. By calling, than raising. And maybe not just an ace, but, like, Simon's going
0: to have to have a pair. Simon's not going to call, it like, a turn bet with King High, for example, right? Yeah. Um, so, and honestly, even with the hand that Simon has, McKeon not folding here, if he calls and decides to put pressure later on, which you have to believe would be part of the plan if we call on the flop, like, it's not going to be easy for Kings to call two more barrels. They may do it especially if the board runs out clean in terms of the draws and stuff, but it's not going to be free and easy. No, it's not. And McKeon now can rep everything he wants, right? Because he doesn't have anything.
1: He can rep above if he wants to.
0: <laughs> but I'm saying, but he can rep hearts. He can rep that he has the ace. And he can just keep betting and be both of those things and never be afraid of the board because he's never anything anyway. Right. So there's a freedom in that.
1: Yeah. It's cool to see uh, like a basically no equity float with a clear plan that yeah is from a good player that makes sense, you know? Yep. Well, that's what McKeon does, and now the pot is six hundred seventy k going to the turn. Okay, the turn is the jack of clubs, brings a little hope for for I Joey mean, McKeon. Not a lot. Four four outs ostensibly. He I thinks mean, it's four outs. We know it turns it's out two. it's
0: two, and one of them is the queen of hearts. Sorry, the king of hearts, which would scare everyone into you know Flushville and so on. Yeah, and so it's forth. it's not ideal. I mean, whatever. As as Joe McKeon, you'd be really excited for the king of hearts to hit the river, right? But I mean. Yeah, McKeon, McKeon's happy
1: to pick up some equity, I'm sure. Yeah, any any Broadway card we're pretty happy with as McKeon after we float here.
0: Yeah, that said, I mean, I don't think this changes McKeon's plan, which I'm guessing is something like if Simon bets again, probably we're going to fold. And if or Simon or check, raise if we're crazy. Well, okay, we could decide to raise. Yeah. But we're not going to call. No. Uh, and if Simon checks, we're going to have to bet. Otherwise, we shouldn't have called the flop, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely, I agree. All right. Um, I, I You know, I would guess that McKeon was hoping for a heart on the turn more than anything else. Yes. That was probably his big plan. That was going to be great. Yeah. Uh, but he does pick up some equity, and Simon does check, which I think is a close spot, actually. You could keep betting with Kings here. What do you think? I think if, if we believe that McKeon's going to
0: bet all of his hearts and stuff, all his draws and stuff like that, if we check, and if he's got any floats on him at all, it's
1: probably better to bluff catch than to bet ourselves. It's not horrible to charge hearts, though. It's not. And it's McKeon not. might check back his hearts to realize his equity. It's true. It's true. But also, you know, this
0: keeping the pot small isn't so bad when we have kings on an ace-high board anyway. You know, like, we don't really want to play a huge pot anymore. So right. checking's okay.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you think McKeon would fold if we made another normal-sized bet and McKeon had just, like, a seven? Which is middle pair on the flop
0: uh when the jack comes on the turn i think he's going to consider strongly consider folding just thinking about hit the way he's played like in the world series main event when when we, we got to that was back when we got to see i think all the hands and stuff like that right we could yeah. watch everything um at the final table and leading up to the final table I And mean, he was doing things like opening two sixes and folding like 13 blind shoves with two sixes i remember that like when there were like 12 players left because he's just trying i mean he just doesn't seem like he wants to play big pots very often well, that really is, has. Is that
1: why he floated with Queen Ten High on the Ace High board? Well, I
0: think he's he's going to fold or bet only if check to and believe he's going to win a lot. You know.
1: All right. Well. I think checking is certainly reasonable from Steinman. I just wanted to explore potentially betting. But he does check. Totally fine. I mean, honestly,
0: not that this is the time, because there's going to be so much more to talk about in this hand. But I would love to talk more about the idea of betting this flop and betting this turn in these spots, you know, where we have two kings. Because I often just go into, this is a clear bluff catch, so let's check call. Me too. Let the person outplay me. Try to outplay me, I should say, not outplay me. (laughs) Um, And go that way with it when... I don't know. Like I'm watching Simon play this hand and he bets and gets called by a hand with no equity against him. Like, yeah, that's amazing. You know, and now he's got this whole thing set up where he checks and McKeon's going to really be forced to bet. Right. Yeah. And I don't think Simon's going to fold on the turn. You the plan. Can't be just to give up. You can't on the check turn. fold Kings here, especially when a heart doesn't, come. if a heart comes, you could decide to do it.
1: You can check fold against the most obvious player in the world, but yes. not against Joe McKeon. Right. Yeah. Um, so after Simon's check, McKeon does bet would be absurd if he didn't. Right. Of course. Yeah. Uh, he bets 370 K into the 670 K pot. What do you think McKeon is repping at this point? Um, an ace, any ace. Yeah. Yeah. He'd probably bet any ace here, I, but he I might check so. back a lot of his aces here.
0: He might check back weak aces and even some of the strong ones. Um, if he has a really big hand, he could bet. Obviously any two pair hand, he'd be betting. Right? Yeah. Um, it is an interesting question. Joe McKean, who is does like pot control, might actually be checking back top pair here. Although blind versus blind, he may be happy just to take this pot, you know, and not yeah. not let um, Steinman draw for free.
1: Yeah, it's hard to range Steinman at this point because we are blind versus blind. He could have a lot of things.
0: The other thing is because McKean's in position, he can bet here and then just check back the ace on the river if he wants. If it's a small ace, you know, if he he can reevaluate on the river, but he can put he can put the bet in now. Yeah, if the heart comes on the river. You can't. It's really hard to get more value out of your ace anyway. Right. So it's reasonable to bet. I'm not sure how often he's really doing it with an ace, though. I think it's a fair question.
1: Yeah, I agree. Now, this is not going to work. We know that because Steinman is not playing this to fold. But this might work on the river if he continues. Yes.
0: Yes. And I mean, a heart can come in. It's almost certainly going to work. And if a heart doesn't come and he decides to fire 800,000 chips, it's clearly going to be really hard on Steinman.
1: Do you think McKeon's plan is to some, like, does he think it's possible to get Steinman off of an ace sometimes if he does a multi-street bluff? Like if Steinman is ace-10 or something, do you think McKeon has an inkling that he can get him to fold that by the river? That's a really
0: interesting question. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know anything about it. you. You played with Steinman and I haven't, right? So it would depend on what you would think about him as a really, player. Really,
1: I mean, I I, moved, I got moved to his table with 12 blinds. Oh, right,
0: yeah, you were busy getting busted by him. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, uh, I don't think that should be the plan. How about that? Like we shouldn't be targeting getting in a blind versus blind, getting the chip leader to fold top pair. Like, I just think it's right. a bad idea. We're that, just trying
1: to get him to fold his bad hands. Yeah, we're trying to get him to fold everything else. So are we shutting down
0: if he calls the turn? This is the real question. Maybe we're shutting down on certain rivers and bombing other rivers. Like We have to bomb hearts, right? We have to bomb hearts for sure. And the thing you could talk yourself into as McKeon is, maybe Simon's calling with one pair because it's hearts. Like, you could put me on hearts so easily. So, like, I may have feel, like, obligated to bomb the river to try and not get him off the ace, but get him off any other one pair hand. Yeah, and like we're saying, even kings is really going to hate a big bomb on the river.
1: Well, I would like to know the answer to that question, but we're not going to get the answer. Yeah, because the river card doesn't allow for that to be. Answered. That's true. Um, so Steinman does call. Pot is one point four one million. Now it got kind of big. How much does McKean have back? Uh, he started with three point six million. So it's got like yeah, okay. uh, yeah, and, two point eight. Yeah, two point nine. Okay. Yeah, and the pot's how much? The pot is one point four one. Okay, so. Yeah. A little more than two to one. He's not in extreme jeopardy, but it's, he's getting close. I mean, he's, he's in a good spot where it's
0: going to be like, unless he hits his miracle card on the river, he's never going to put a lot of chips in anyway, right? I mean, he may, he may make a bet, but he's never going to like go bust in his hand.
1: What did you say about miracle card on the river?
0: What, what do you mean? What do you say?
1: Well, I'll tell you right after I tell you a little bit about Nitrogen Sports Poker Room. Oh, what a setup. (laughs) I totally owned all of you. (laughs) You have no chance against me. Uh, And that's what I will be saying to you at Nitrogen Sports Poker Room. If you use the link in the description of this (laughs) podcast when you sign up, because we have a monthly Poker Guys tournament happens on the last Sunday of each month, or if the Sunday falls on like the early part of the next month, then it's then at noon Pacific time, little buy-in, big overlay, big guarantee, come play. If you don't know what an overlay is,
0: Google it. You're going to be very happy. I'll just say that.
1: Cool things about you nitrogen. You might want to open an incognito tab before Googling it, though.
0: The word overlay. <laughs> also Google lemon party. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so. yeah, nitrogen is super happy that you put that in the ad. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, well. It's part of the fun. You never know what you're gonna get with the poker guys. That's right. Um, but here's other cool things about nitrogen. Uh, number one, it's a Bitcoin only poker site, which means they move at the speed of Bitcoin. Which means, comparatively to any other poker site or k- casino or anything like that, these are lightning fast transactions. We're talking about like usually twenty minutes to get your money on and off of there. There's no processing time or anything like that. They also give you one free withdrawal every two weeks, so you don't have to pay any fees or anything like that. It's really really cool. They also have grant a casino and sports book along with their poker room. It's like a regular Shangri-La over there. It's like living in Valhalla, Grant. So I have died? I said living in Valhalla. I didn't say it's like dying in Valhalla. So you're among the dead? <laughs> it's like the walking dead, you know? Oh. You're Rick, and everyone else is trying, trying to eat you. <laughs>
1: so, <laughs> so, I mean, if it's good for calisthenics. Yeah, yeah. when I say
0: Valhalla, I just mean like in terms of heart heart health (laughs) because you're running all the time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is untrue, but you are maybe running good sometimes on Nitrogen. So come check it out. Play Poker. It's really easy to sign up. It's just a username and a password. The site itself is very nice. It runs smoothly. It's housed in your browser. You don't have to download anything. Mm. And there's a ton of sports betting and casino betting to do as well.
0: It's super fun. And by the way, Nitrogen, totally legit, guys. Yeah, um, not going to screw you over, and and any on all of our experience of them anyway has been only great.
1: Right in the online poker world, it's it's hard to find sometimes. Yeah, these guys right. are legit. Yeah. All right. Anyway, to the hand to that river that oh, I here teased we go. so perfectly. They must be wondering what could it possibly be after that this teaser. It's the deuce of spades, man. Yeah. No, it's not. It's the the card. Yeah. It is the card. It's not a heart. It's the one outer. It's the king of clubs. It's the sickest of them all. So McKeon has to double up here because yes. now with queen 10, the board reads ace, seven, five, jack on the turn, king on the <laughs> river. Oh my God. And Ian Steinman, who has gotten to the river with two kings here, just made a set of kings. He has the third nuts. And by the way, McKehan pretty much never has the second nuts or the first nuts. Like how does he have queen 10 unless it's of hearts? I mean... <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's really hard for McKeon to have this. This is gonna. This is where we're gonna get into it. I don't. Let's wait before we get into all the things because there's so much to say, right, about right. what McKeon can have in ranges and stuff like that. But okay. yes, looks like McKeon's probably going to put a lot of chips in on this river if he can.
1: Uh, yeah, he has the nuts. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, quick question: because Steinman decides to lead out, yes. How do you feel about that?
0: Oh man, it's a good question. It's easy to gloss over that because. Of what happens next yeah it's it's weird for him to lead out because what is he leading out with it was of course the question we'd have to ask as as the opponent right and obviously when we have the nuts we don't care like i mean we hope he has this really strong hand but it does we're not, there's nothing to be afraid of but what is he repping when he does this let's come up with a few answers could it be ace king could it be king king um it's hard to come up with too many other things king jack maybe He could actually King Jack makes a lot of sense.
1: King Jack does make a lot of sense. He wants to
0: get value out of an ace. Yeah. But wouldn't he, wouldn't he just give McKean a chance to fire away with, but he's not
1: repping value. He has value. (laughs) You said, what is he repping? Yeah,
0: no, of course he has value, but I'm saying like, what are we, what range are we putting him on? Is my question. Um, it's rare for him to have hearts here. You wouldn't expect him to take this line with hearts no, as a bluff. No, he'd usually
1: bet the turn if he's going to yeah. keep
0: going. You would think, right? Yeah. Maybe even raise... Maybe do a check raise on the turn if you want to be cute. But, like, suddenly leading the river with missed hearts feels very strange. It does. Um, it kind very. of feels like this is always value. It does. It f- honestly, it feels like ace-king or king-jack to me, mostly. Yeah. Kings Kings make sense, too. They do. But there's less combos, so... so yeah. So the... Those, like, it's it's kind of... Like, kings is kind of the best hand it could ever be. Would you would you think? It's like, can't ever be, can't ever be aces. Can't really ever be queen ten.
1: Maybe it can be aces. Maybe you could play aces like this sometimes. Such a weird way to play aces. Yeah.
0: Such a bizarre way to play aces.
1: It is, yeah. And so, and it doesn't seem like he has too much queen ten in his range because it feels like he would keep betting the turn instead of check calling.
0: Or he'd f- check fold the turn with yeah. queen ten. Unless it
1: was of hearts, but you'd think he'd bet.
0: Yeah, or yeah. check raise or something. Like... It's just really hard to imagine. I don't see how he can have queen 10.
1: I don't see what the bluffs are. Maybe he could have missed hearts or six, eight, but he just doesn't have those. It feels like he just has value only. Yeah. I think he's only got value. It might be a mistake to lead here. I think part of why I think that it might be a mistake to lead here is because clearly we see McKeon has some creative play in him with this float. A lot of the time he's going to be bluffing in this spot and this is just going to kill that.
0: Okay, let's think of, if if we're going to go another level deeper on possible reasons why Steinman might do this, if he thinks, now, I don't believe this is likely, knowing what I know about McKeon, but let's at least throw it out there. If he thinks, um, well, if there's only two ways to play this, right? It's either I bet and hope to either get called or raised, or I check raise. Those are my two moves. Yes. I'm trying to get as many chips in here as possible, obviously. Yes. Little do we know we're in trouble. It's not good. But that's, I don't know how we're supposed to know that. So, he may think, if I check raise, it's almost impossible to get called because it's so strong.
1: What does McKeon have to have to get called by a worse hand? Could he have ace jack? Maybe he can call ace jack. If we check raise, yeah. I think he's folding. You think he's folding top and those two pairs? If we
0: check, yeah, no, I know, I okay. know. If we check raise all in, I yeah. think he's folding. You think so? What are we supposed to have that we would check raise all in with? Yeah. Like we have that beat. Like we don't really have any bluffs, like you said, and we never have king jack in there doing that ever. Ever. Right. Ever. We always have it. We have ace-king at a, at a minimum.
1: We could have, have a bluff if we check-raise, not if we lead. It's different.
0: But how do we even get there with a bluff? We're going to check-call the turn with our draw? I Yeah, I don't know. That's the thing. The turn play makes it so hard for us to have a bluff. It does. So I just think
1: the check-raise is like... I don't know how I'm supposed to get value. So then we could lead hoping to get raised. I think the reason to check and not to lead is not because of what we are repping or anything like that. It's because we have to let McKeon bluff if he's bluffing.
0: I mean, that's a really good reason. Here's the only other side that I can come up with because I don't like what I was just saying. I don't really buy any of that. Like McKeon's not going to bluff raise for almost ever. No. Um, McKeon's way too good to do that kind of stuff in that spot. Um, But we get to set the price if we lead. And so instead of McKeon making some baby bed of like 450k. Right. We get to bet 800.
1: Yeah, which is, it's not that big. It's 800 to 1.4.
0: Right. But McKeon, if he's, if McKeon has like an an ace. Yeah. Right. He may check back. Although I don't think he's calling 800 anyway with a baby ace, honestly.
1: He might call with, you know, ace 10. Yeah. Okay. And but he and
0: he might bet with ace, but he might. But if ace ten's betting, it's gonna have to target a pretty weak range. Yeah, which means it's, it probably is gonna feel like it has to bet small, unless it thinks diamonds gonna hero a lot, and then it can bet big because of missed hearts and all. That. Right. So I guess we don't know if Simon's how apt Simon is to hero or not. No, we don't. At least at this point, we have no. more information later.
1: Here are my 12 bunch shove with two eights. <laughs>
0: Did you know that Grant flop a queen and a jack? I lost. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even believe it. <laughs> so. He Um, called me with 8-8, honey. That's right. An 8 and an (laughs) 8. Yeah. Not even a 9. So anyway, um, so this is a strange lead, but I think it must be about setting, wanting wanting to get a value and being afraid you're just not going to be able to capture enough value the other way.
1: Yeah, I guess he's concerned McKeon has too many checkbacks. Maybe he thinks this is a card that McKeon's going to give up his bluffs on a lot.
0: Maybe. Maybe if we called the turn. Yeah. When we call the turn and then the king comes... One of the problems actually is King Jack does get there and it will yeah. call, obviously. Yeah. Um. Although it's, it's not going to be super easy to blow King Jack off the hand anyway, but now it's impossible. Right. I don't know. I don't. I don't hate this lead, but I
1: think I agree with you that we did this like we check called the turn right because we thought McKeon doesn't have to have it. That's not exactly why we check all the turn because we we didn't have that good of a hand on the turn. Okay,
0: but we called yeah. because we think McKeon doesn't have to have a beat. Right. True. So McKeon, if we check the river, McKeon is repping. We got this. Gives as you're saying hearts a chance to uh, bluff. Will they bluff? I don't know. But they like seriously. If if it was the deuce of spades, we're going to check, right? Yeah. Was McKeon going to bluff? Like you said, we don't know, but there's a very reasonable chance he was. Yeah, I think so. And then what are we going to do? I don't know. But if McKeon bluffs, he's probably going to bluff, I don't know, at least half a million. 550? Yeah. And that's ships that are definitely going in.
1: Well, I got good news for Ian Steinman. McKeon's not going to fold. Oh, wait, yeah. That's,
0: that's, he's, I mean, if he knew
1: that, he'd be happy. That's bad news, though.
0: Yeah, because McKeon cause
1: has the nuts.
0: Simon has a set of kings. He is the third nuts. This is crazy. Blind versus blind, five-handed with a missed flush draw out
1: there. Final table, the WPT.
0: Yeah, with a missed flush draw out there too. Like a very reason. And and McKeon can really have missed hearts. Yes, he can.
1: Okay. Anyway, let's let's stop talking about that because that's not the thing that people. No, that's not even, that even the, the hand thing. for. Not at all. Not even close. McKeon, of course, is going to raise. He decides to move in which yeah. is a big race. It's 2.94 million over 800K.
0: I like it. I like it too. I mean, if we raise any... What are we going to raise that isn't going to look super strong? There's no there's no amount. We right. We might
1: it. as well go for all of it because as we said, it doesn't feel like there's any bluffs in Steinman's range. Steinman probably has a very strong hand taking this line. I mean, so. it doesn't
0: matter if there's any bluffs in Steinman's range, right? It like, doesn't. Those are going to fold anyway, no right, matter what course. we make it.
1: Right. What I mean is... There's also no marginal value.
0: I agree. It feels like there's no marginal value. If there is, he's not calling a clickback. Yeah. If he has ace-10, he's not calling a
1: clickback. Right. He shouldn't have ace-10, though. Like, Simon usually has two pair better here.
0: Right. I agree. Like we're saying, King Jack is probably the minimum um, hand he's got. So, and if King Jack is going to call a race of 2 million, it's probably going to call a race of 2.9 million. Yeah. Like it's sort of all the same. Might as well go for max value. And then it also looks like we're going for max fold equity the other way with our missed hearts. Yep.
1: So I think this is totally the right move. This is a good play by world champion Joe McKee. Yeah. Champ for a reason. All right. So the thing that is weird about this hand is that Steinman does not snap call. Yeah. In fact, he uses six time extensions. They're
0: only 30 second time extensions, but six. He just basically takes a big chunk of them and puts them like, out, like, sort of, like, it's going to be a while. Yeah. You know, like, that way he doesn't have to keep thinking about, like, throwing him out there.
1: Okay. I know for a fact that I would call here. Oh, yeah. I know for a fact that you would snap call here. I
0: would have called so fa- I would have said, what'd you say? <laughs> yeah. I'd be mean, like, make make him repeat it again. Make, like, the dealer, like, acknowledge it. And then I would put the chips in instantly. Yeah. Like, so happy. Yeah. Because. But then you'd be sad. Eh, I would be like, well, that sucked. Yeah. At least I still have still 30 blinds. Okay. Of course, I would snap call and you would call without any time extensions, correct? All uh, right. Yeah. You call, so. You'd probably call within 10 seconds. I'd, I'd, call, if I'd call within two. I might,
1: you'd call within 10. It's at, at most, I would take to the end of my first time extension and realize it's not worth wasting a time extension on and call. That's part of it, yeah. right? Like
0: those things have value. Yeah. You're always calling. Right. What are we doing? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. So Ian Steinman obviously doesn't do that. Yeah. So let's talk about what he's thinking about. Okay. So how can he possibly not be snap-calling here? Well, I mean, to not
0: snap-call, we have to believe Joe McKean can have a better hand. Obviously. So there's only two things that beat us. It's pocket aces, and it's the queen-ten. If we're it's not reasonable to put Joe McKean on the queen-ten that he has, which is the queen-ten of not hearts. Right. It's It's not reasonable. It's just the
1: queen-ten of hearts, one combo.
0: Now, it turns out there's more, but we cannot reasonably think that. So queen ten hearts one combo, and then I think we have to believe it's at least possible McKean can have aces. I think it is
1: possible McKean can have aces. Yeah, I do too, it, especially if Steinman's been raising small to big every time. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, like you just you just flat as yeah. danger, and then you don't raise the flop because you flopped almost too good. Yeah, and then actually probably we're going to raise the flop no matter what, basically. Right, um, and then the turn he checks, so you bet he calls, and now. He bets the river, and you're like, well, he never has queen 10 himself. He can't. He check called the turn. Yep. So I have the effective nuts. I race.
1: Yeah, but hope of course. Has, m-
0: hope he has something.
1: McKeon doesn't play all of his combos of aces like this. He probably plays almost none of
0: them, but he right. has at least a few. Right? Well, there's only three. Okay, well, I'm saying like less than one combo. Yeah, less than, than one sure. combo
1: of aces, because another side of the Steinman's raising the small to big thing is you still want to raise some of your good hands when a guy doing that. Of so, course. So McKeon's going to raise aces probably more often than not.
0: I think so, and he might sometimes raise the flop. Too. Yeah sometimes less likely than pre-flop agreed um no i would expect like you said more like like less than one combo of aces here yeah it's my guess so if there's less than one combo of aces and there's only one combo of queen ten of hearts we're at
1: one point something combos okay so obviously there's the other side of the coin we have to get to which is what are the bluffs
0: yeah missed hearts all of them that i mean everything that isn't queen ten of hearts
1: that's hearts right because like you said it looks a lot like king jack uh, when yes. Steinman is... like King Jack feels like the most likely hand. I agree. And he has all of the combos, all eight combos of King Jack. Those are all firmly in his range, right? Mm-hmm. Nine combos yeah. of King Jack, firmly in his range. And uh, he's going to fold that. Like, he probably can't call with that hand. Right. It, right. I mean, maybe he can if he really wants to be a hero, but it's... could. He, I mean, maybe he could... No, no,
0: I think he's going to fold it. I agree. I'm thinking, like, if he has the King Jack with, and he doesn't have the King of Hearts in his hand, he could at least start to think about calling a little bit. Yeah. Because he can he
1: can say, well... But the other side of that argument is a simple distribution argument that of his value range, that is the very bottom King Jack. So that's the party should fold I to agree. a race. No,
0: no, I agree. And also, like, McKeon has all the hearts. It doesn't have to... Like, King High Hearts, McKeon may even decide to check back once in a while. I don't think he would, actually, once he gets called in the turn. I take that back. But McKeon has all combos of suited hearts. I think probably literally all of them. He probably has seven deuce suited.
1: Yes. Um, okay. But let's, before talking about the bluffs, I guess, yep. a little bit more, let's talk about his value. Okay. Is it just queen 10 and aces? Is that the only value that McKeon has? This maybe, is a really good maybe question. Maybe he he I don't think so. He could have a set of jacks, maybe.
0: Could he have a set? What was the flop? Seven, seven, five, ace. Could he have a set of sevens? He could. I think he could. Yeah. Could he have a set of fives? I think so. If he can have a set of sevens instead of fives, then this is immediately a bad fold, right? What fold? If, if it's a fold, I'm saying. Like, yeah. If he was going to fold, this would be a bad fold. We can't do that. Right. If, he can even, if he can even just have a set of sevens, this can't be a good fold. Maybe, so,
1: maybe, he, uh, maybe Simon doesn't think McKeon ever plays a set of sevens or fives like this. Maybe he thinks on an ace-high board, he's going to raise that heads up all the time. Maybe.
0: Maybe. But that seems absurd to think a guy as sort of... Textured as Joe McKenna is going to play a set the his, same way all the time. His
1: skin very textured, <laughs> like it's,
0: fabric-y. it's nice. There's a tactileness to his uh, to his way
1: to his epidermis. Yeah. Um, anyway, okay, so maybe he has those sets. It's quite possible. I think. I mean, so. a set of je- uh, although to I be mean, to be fair, all sets are somewhat unlikely because he didn't three bet preflop.
0: Okay, but a set of fives and a set of sevens. Those are definitely possible, but I think he's gonna three bet those sometimes. Sometimes, but I think he's also really not gonna three bet them a lot. I I mean he's gonna
1: call with them a lot. I think I'd give him a total of three combos of those to get to the flop with. Really? Half the combos. Against the chip leader? I don't even know. I I think he's probably gonna I don't I just feel like he likes to play small pots. You don't think he's gonna three bet half the combos of sevens and fives? I don't. I think it's gonna be
0: less. I think fives he's probably calling with all of them and sevens maybe he's three betting once in a while. That's my guess. I could be wrong. I haven't seen him play that much, but from what I've seen I feel like he's super careful, and especially when he's the second chip leader and that he's up against the chip leader and he gets to be in position. I
1: just feel like he okay. wants to play small pots. Well, a set of jacks is at least extremely unlikely. Yes. In that, the same, in that the same way, a set of aces is extremely unlikely. No question. Yeah.
0: No question. That I don't think those are likely at all, but I feel like fives and sevens are likely. But even if we say... Even if you give him three combos and you're right, that's more combos than we gave of value already. That's true, but... And, and what about
1: bluffs? Yeah, I... How often is he really going to bluff? That was going to be another question. Right. mine. I feel like he's not going to bluff that often here.
0: Because it's so obviously strong value. Yeah,
1: like, Simon clearly has strong value, and he is, other than not really having the nuts in his range, uncapped.
0: Um, Right, right. I mean, Simon doesn't really have top set either. He's actually capped at, like, a set of kings. He could have top set. You think he check calls the turn with top set? It's possible. Why not?
1: I guess it's possible. It's unlikely. You're right, you're right. It's it's possible though. It's possible. I mean, if you get called on the flop when you flop top set of aces, you think your opponent is bluffing a lot of the time, probably. And you probably think your opponent has like the
0: other ace a lot of the time and you don't want to let pot control Joe McKean just check back the turn though.
1: I don't know. I feel like you're overstating his pot controlness. Maybe. I really... You're coming to this... Don't you
0: you remember, though, at the final table, how often he would... Remember, he played a hand against the guy who finished second. What's his face? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. That guy. And they both had ace-jack one hand, and Joe McKean opened and the guy three-bet ace-jack and then, like, bet-flop and bet-turn when they both had... I think they both had one pair. They flopped whatever, top pair or something like that. And it went check, check on the river and Joe McKeon was sort of shocked that Josh or his name is turned over the same hand. He's like, you and I play really differently. And he was saying it in a friendly way, but he was saying, you are really messing this up, you know, (laughs) like you should not be playing this hand for, for such a big pot." I remember that really well.
1: Well, that wasn't just a pot control thing. That was Beckley. And I remember thinking like Beckley overvalued a lot of his hands, which is not necessarily a pot control thing. It's just, he overvalued them. Okay. So I don't know if I agree with you with about the pot okay. control. Thing.
0: All right, fair enough. Fair enough. We don't have a I don't have a lot of data to back me up. I only have some. And yeah. also that was a few years ago. And by mostly
1: pot control guys don't get to the main event final table with half the chips in play. Um okay.
0: I mean Joe McKean, if you recall, won a few big coolers and then just started opening and no one was sort of challenging him. But but okay, there's something to that.
1: Yeah. Um so I don't think we can really use that as an argument for the hand in general. We don't know enough about it to say for sure that's the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, but back, so back to the bluffs, do 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 we really think McKeon's ever going to pull the trigger on a bluff in this situation where he has 50 blinds left? Right. I mean, shouldn't he at least have
0: at least a few bluffs in there? If he has zero bluffs on a shove, that's bad, right?
1: Does he have to? I mean, I don't know if he has to with this line that Steinman has taken. Like Steinman has clear value here. I mean, but Steinman is folding some of that value.
0: It's not like he's calling with all of it. True. He's, like we said, King Jack has to fold. Ace Jack? What's Ace Jack supposed to do? Is it really going to find a call for Is a shot Are he ever going to play Ace Jack like this? Um, Maybe sometimes. I mean, you just said he could check a set of aces. Yeah. I really don't think, by the way, he's checking Ace Jack or a set of aces on the turn because it's hard to find a time to raise and you're giving away the initiative and when you're out of position, it's really hard to get three streets. Yeah. These are three street hands. I would expect to go bet, bet, bet with those hands and hope. The guy has
1: something most of the time. All right. Well, we came to the conclusion on the Donkley that Steinman has zero bluffs, right? Um. Yeah, that's right. So that would be a problem for McKeon yeah. bluffing here, because even if he's going to fold some of his value, it's an ambitious thing to try to do. No question. McKeon is a smart enough guy to find a better spot to bluff.
0: I agree. I agree. So
1: I think he might have zero bluffs.
0: The other thing is McKeon has to know that even if he goes all in and... Like, he can't threaten Simon's life, is what I'm saying. Like, yeah. Simon's going to have 30 blinds, even if he calls and is wrong. You know what I mean? Like, in this case, for example, like, Simon still gets 30 blinds. So, M- McKeon knows that isn't, like, the kind of threat he can put. McKeon can threaten everyone else's life. He can't threaten Simon's life. Yep. So, that's a big deal.
1: I kind of think McKeon has zero bluffs. And I, think it's okay. a, and I think it's okay for a good player to have zero bluffs I, in this spot.
0: I think it's possible he has zero bluffs here for, because that lead is, it's a big lead and it feels like this is clear strength. And it looks like you could even have ace-king. All right, you know,
1: Or kings. Back to value. Yeah. Does McKeon ever have a two-pair hand? I don't think so. I don't think so what, either. What hand is he going to have that he's going to shove with? There's kind of nothing. I mean, maybe if he somehow has ace-king. Maybe. Maybe, but I think he still just
0: calls with that. He's. More, I think he's more apt to ra- re-raise ace-king pre than some of these other holdings we're guessing about. Yeah. Um. And I also think it's just really hard for him to have ace-king.
1: I give him like An eyelash of a combo of Ace King. Okay, that's fine. Very, very... yeah. If he had Ace
0: King, would he shove it, though? Probably. Eh.
1: I don't know. He's expecting Simon to fold King Jack, right?
0: He is, and how does Simon have Ace Jack? Yeah, so I think he's not. Wow. This is one of those where you just make, like, you're like, this is such a nitty call and not raise, but I just call. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, what am I supposed to get called by? Right, so... You roll your eyes a little bit.
1: I think the ultimate question of, of this hand, because I, w- I will say now, Simon ultimately folds, which is yeah. why it lit the world on fire. Of course. And why Jonathan is so angry. Um, yes. The, the ultimate question of this hand is, does McKeehan have lower sets? And, like, how frequently does he have lower sets? Right. That is the most important question. Yeah. Because we can see he has... I mean it's not like he's choosing different queen tens to call and not call with on this flop. Obviously he's he's like, yeah, not going to fold the ones with a heart in it and call with the ones without a heart in it. So we, we can give him all 16 combos practically of queen 10 here. Knowing what we know. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I'm wondering how well Steinman knows McKeon. Like if he knows that, like not necessarily giving him all 16 combos, but having to like really consider that queen 10 is part of this range.
0: I mean, if McKeon thought Steinman really knew that he'd be less apt to float.
1: Well, it's a leveling war. Maybe Steinman yeah. knows one level further than McKeon's aware of. Okay, maybe.
0: I think I think that's an ambitious and giving Steinman a lot of credit to think you can give McKeon all 16 combos of Queen-10. Like, really, really, really ambitious. Um, but we don't know.
1: Okay, well, uh, I I do know a little bit about Steinman. I know he is a good player. Sure. So we can't just say he's folding randomly and, and mm-hmm. being a dum dumb. He has a reason for it. Right. Uh so I think I think he probably gives McKeon more than one combo of queen 10 at least.
0: Okay. How about he could have queen 10 and then also all the queen of hearts combos. Sure. So he has got the um four the, combos. the the, the back doors, the two back door yeah. stuff. That makes sense. So he has
1: four combos of queen 10 then. Okay.
0: I think that's a reasonable thing to give him cuz you just cannot sit there and say he's got all 16 combos. I mean Do you give
1: him all the 10 of hearts combos also? I don't think so. Probably I think not. That's a
0: mistake. Like it's just not good enough. Like you can run out of hearts and lose a huge pot that way. And McKeon's not the guy who wants to do that. Yeah. So I don't think so. Now, now again, seeing what we see, I'm McKean McKeon can have exactly that, but I don't see how a Steinman we can give him that. But, but I think it's really fair to say four combos. Yeah. Four combos of that. And like half a combo of aces or something like that. Yep. Cool. We're at four and a half. Okay.
1: Yeah. And we probably come to some similar n- number of combos for undersets. Right. Something like that. I think we have to ask the question if, assuming we get the same amount of undersets to the river here, is McKeon going to shove a set of fives? Right.
0: That's a good question.
1: I think he is. To get called by Ace, Ace King. King specifically. Ace King, exactly. Yeah.
0: Which is very reasonable, right? Yeah. Like, Ace King might take this exact line. This feels like a reasonable line for it. Ace King might bet the turn, but it could check. And now it's like, oh, uh, you're just gonna check back so often and I have like such I gotta make sure I get strong right. value. Here. And the
1: the real only real overset in Simon's range is a set of kings as played. Yeah. Like you'd think you'd keep betting a set of jacks if you hit it on the turn a lot of the time.
0: It. It's it's like perfect. We don't yeah. block the ace now. We're so happy we get value out of the hearts, etc. Some
1: Maybe time. sometimes Simon has a set of aces because it's like so good. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, okay. So we have about equal combos of value and bluffs then. Or okay. not bluffs, but no. value that's beating us and value that we're losing two, and we, the, the and you were sort of
0: yeah, and you were speculating it's possible McKean has no bluffs. It's possible, but it's also possible he does have at least a few bluffs. And if he has any bluffs at all, suddenly any were suddenly weighted yeah. the other way. And by the way, we're getting a price. What's the price?
1: The price is is decent. I mean, it is a big shove, but mm-hmm. we have to uh, call two point one million to win five point one five.
0: Right. And and let's look at, if we take a step back and look at this practically. If we make this call, which, I mean. Maybe we're going to maybe you're going to disagree but it feels like so far anyway by all reasonable measures we should make this call.
1: Yeah, it feels like we should make this call.
0: Um, we are going to be the we were already the chip leader, we're going to be the massive overwhelming chip leader and we're going to get rid of the best player at the table who has position on us this entire time. Like, oh my god, what a spot.
1: Like I know how yeah, we can justify this call and it cre- it's fold or call. Fold, excuse okay. me. It's based on a lot of subjective assumptions and I know you're going to disagree with me. That's fine. But Because Simon does ultimately make this fold, let's assume he's thinking something along these lines. Maybe based on data he has on McKeon, they've been playing before. Yeah. Maybe he truly believes McKeon's three-betting all pairs in this situation. Okay. So we eliminate all sets. Okay. so That would help a lot. And then on top of that, he believes McKeon has essentially like 0.5 combos of bluffs in this situation. Right. Then you can fold.
0: If we can truly eliminate um, all pocket pairs, I think you can probably find a fold. Here's the thing. So before Simon folds... He says to himself, "I am the worst." Yeah, it's not like he, this is a confident fold. It's not you know you know how sometimes you fold a really big hand, but you know you're not good, and it's like you actually feel good about folding it. Yeah, that's not what's going on here. Now he also knows he's on TV, so he's like, "I could look like the dumbest guy in the world," right?
1: Yeah, this would not have turned out well for him, social media wise. Oh if he
0: was wrong, we would have. I mean, we wouldn't have ever done the hand. No, or maybe we would have. Actually. Yeah, I think we would have. Um, but I imagine we would have savaged him because look, we're still. I mean, I'm still like. May Savage him. <laughs> I'm, a little, I'm a little bit okay with it. I'm a little bit more okay with it, but I think the assumption, like you said, this is where I point out that your assumptions are questionable. The assumption that Joe McKean is going to three-bet all combos of pocket fives and pocket sevens to me just seems like, I don't know why we think that. I have, yeah. no, reason to, I have no reason to know why we would think that, personally.
1: Right, I don't well, I mean, that. but that's the type of thought you would have to have in order to justify this fold. Correct. That's right. You're
0: absolutely right. Um, we would have to believe that. But that means, like, I mean, I just also think, like, even McKeon is going to 3-bet some of the time with those. I just think he's going to be balanced. He's going to sometimes have it and sometimes not. That way he can he can sort of rep the nuts on all different kinds of boards and stuff like that. I got to believe that. I guess I could be wrong about that, too. I'd like to get Joe McKeon on the show more than Steinman, actually. Yeah. Talk to him about it. Um, I wonder what McKeon thinks of the fold. <laughs> I'd be curious to know. I mean, as McKeon, you got to almost, like, when you find out what happened, you got to think, like, I guess I need to have some bluffs there. Yeah. Because... If, if these guys are going to fold... If this guy, if in this spot, in this tournament, is going to make that fold, I should be bluffing a lot
1: more, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's an accurate... I mean, example. this guy just folded the top of his range. This is the top. I mean, in practice, it is the most incredible fold I've ever seen. Have you ever seen a more absurd fold? This is more absurd than Jukvend and Bygard.
0: Yes. Yes, it is. Because um, although... Van and Beigart folded, but he folded, of course, if you guys remember, top two to um, Ben... Wilanowski. Thank you. Ben uh top
1: set. On an ace-nine deuce board with two clubs on it. Yeah, which... And after putting in, like, more than half his chips. Oh, yeah. He was getting, like, four to one. It's crazy. Um,
0: but Wilanowski could, in theory, at least have had bottom set. Yeah. So, like, you don't block that, et cetera, et cetera. Like, we're losing to that. It's very reasonable. And Wolanowski knows he's getting called or believes he's getting called when he moves in. So, like, he's not going to, like, ha- show up with a flush draw, I don't right. think, very often. Um, this is different than that. <laughs> so, I agree. This is this is a more incredible fold, but I don't know if it's... I, I think Yug Van and Beigart made a good fold, probably. Probably. Based on... And also, Yug Van and Beigart, this is a difference. He talked to Wolanowski He yeah. got some extra data, and if you remember... He's like, all you ever do is talk to players and suddenly you're being so quiet. And then Wolofsky right. immediately starts trying to... Saying, oh, I just want to give you... He's like, starts making excuses for why he's not talking, yep. which, is, which helps Van ba- den Beigard, I'm sure, make the fold. It's like, why is he trying to show me... Why is he trying to explain away his behavior? Like, Yeah. So um, none of that's happening here. Steinman is not looking at McKeon at all. He's looking away and trying to figure out what the hell should he
1: do. You know, actually, I think... I'd rather have Steinman than McKeon on here because I would want, I want to know his reasons.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I want to have both. I want to talk to
1: it's possible. There's something awesome that he picked up and figured out that we have no idea about, you know, it
0: actually, what we should do is we should talk to Steinman, see what his set of assumptions are, and then talk to McKeon and see if those assumptions were basically correct. Like he's never, he's always three betting fives and sevens. We say, are you always three betting fives and sevens? At least at that, maybe now it's different because you're giving this information, but as of that point in that tournament, were you always doing that? Yeah. That would be really fascinating to know. Can you have a set of aces here? You know, things like that. Are you calling with all your queen tens? Because it sure seems like it. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Um,
1: Without further information, I think I have to agree that I don't like the fold. But I don't think it's as bad as you think it is.
0: I mean, you and I often talk about... This is like six months now. We've been talking about distribution as a good argument yeah, for... of course. Anytime you're not sure. I don't even know if this is a time you would not be sure. But let's say you decide, I'm not sure. We're at the top of our range.
1: Right. And, and that's the top, best
0: hand we can have, pretty much.
1: On top of that, uh, we are still going to be in the tournament with this decent stack if we call. And if we call
0: run. and we're right, which, by the way, we should, be, we should be able to win a lot if we call, right? Yeah. Um, we are going to be, like, we've, we haven't won the tournament because you haven't, because, of course, there's more to go. But you're going to have, like, what, 140 blinds, and the next biggest stack is 30 blinds. Yeah. Like, you've got an incredible chance to run this table over. Like, it's, it's going to be hard not to finish second. It's obviously, anything's possible. It's no limit. But, man, you're gonna, like, you, you lock up so much extra money in terms of expected value on the other side. And you still have 30 blinds if you call and lose. I don't see how this can possibly be right.
1: Yeah, I tend to agree with you. But I think the, the only way you can justify it is what I said before. Yeah. There's like half a combo of bluffs and mm-hmm. no, no sets because McKeon three bets all his pocket pairs. Right. That's the way you can justify it.
0: Right. I think that's the way you justify it. and you know McKeon isn't going to do this. Well, we block Ace-King anyway, yeah. so there's not too many of them, and you think he's may not do it with Ace-King, and he's going to play Ace-King differently most of the time anyway, so it's really hard to give him any combos of Ace-King.
1: Is there any reason to believe that McKeon wouldn't move in with a set of fives or sevens on the river? Okay, that's a fair question. Because we said we're maybe targeting Ace-King if I- we're doing that. I mean, if we're McKeon,
0: the only thing we're losing to, based on how the hand played out, is exactly two kings, right?
1: Yeah, it seems. Like, and sometimes two aces,
0: rarely. Okay, rarely. Yeah, fine. Um, I mean, you're just supposed to try and get value. I think for your sets, it seems like crazy not to try and get value for a set on the river. Okay, when the board is pretty safe, isn't he's going
1: to fold King Jack, right? Simon's going to fold King Jack. I yeah. think we don't think he has Ace Jack. No, we think he, we're trying to get called by Ace King for sure. Yeah. So there's equal combos of King-Jack and, and Ace-King. Mm-hmm. Although there's probably not because Steinman's going to bet Ace-King on the turn That's a true. lot. That's true. I agree. So there's probably at least twice the combos of King-Jack mm-hmm. versus Ace-King. Mm-hmm. So maybe for that reason, we don't shove because we don't think we can get value from a worse hand often enough. But th- that isn't the question.
0: Oh, you're, It's just how many combos of Ace-King are there versus versus how many combos of Kings there are, right? It doesn't matter if all the hands that are going to fold, fold. It's just of the calling things, of the things that call, how do do we do against them, I think. Right.
1: It's basically three combos of kings and four and a half combos of ace-king. Is it worth putting your tournament life on the line based on those combos? I mean,
0: I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not not 100% sure, but it seems to me if you're not raising a set of sevens at any point in this hand, you're playing too nitty.
1: Well, like, he did bet the turn.
0: Right. But then on the river, we got donked into,
1: and Yeah, but you're just making a statement without really having anything to back it up.
0: My statement is distribution. I mean, that's my statement, right? Like, it's really hard to have a hand that strong and to never put in a raise on a relatively non-scary board. The guy can't have a straight, right? Hey, by the way, if we knew the guy could sometimes fold a set of kings, we'd feel even better about moving in with two sevens, Right. <laughs> I guess, what, we, I guess we wouldn't actually, because then we figure we can't get called by ace king. You know what I think a
1: better assumption, set of assumptions for Simon to have is to justify the fold than the one I came up with yeah. is McKeon not raising the flop. Maybe he thinks McKeon 100% raises the flop with a set of fives or a set of sevens.
0: Because it's an ace high board yeah. and there's two hearts. Yeah. That is, that's probably better. I agree with you. That's more likely. That seems more likely.
1: Like either he's three betting pre-flop or raising, or raising the, flop. the flop. So
0: when he didn't do either one of those, now we can knock down those we, combos.
1: I think he actually legitimately knocks down the combos quite a bit.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Not to zero. But to one to two. I was thinking two. I think two is reasonable. Yeah. If that's, yeah, that's that's reasonable. Hmm. But then we also have to believe like then we then, have to make a very particular set of assumptions to get here. Then though, right?
1: we're getting the, but if but if we do make that assumption and give him, let's say two combos of those, of those mm-hmm. hands. We gave him four combos of queen 10.
0: That's another set of assumptions, yeah. but go on. And then and there's a third assumption, big, half, big half a combo of aces. Oh, I didn't mean that one, but yeah, I meant also no bluffs.
1: Yeah. No bluffs. That's, that's like four
0: different assumptions we've made yeah. to get to the point where it's probably okay to fold. <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah, like, wow. I mean, I know it worked out this time, but I can't, bl- okay. the The real question is this, right? This is what we're always trying to answer, right? Is, this happened this time, but if these guys were in the same situation a thousand more times, is it going to be, you know, what's, what's the chip EV of this play, right? That's, yeah. and, and I understand there's other circumstances with ICM and all that, but taking that all into account, what's the right move?
1: I can't believe folding a set of Kings is profitable over time here. I just can't believe it. I mean, I, I tend to agree with you, yeah. but it's hard to know. It's hard to know because there's a lot of assumption involved here. Right. Obviously, Steinman took as much time as he possibly could to think it through. It's true. I mean, here's, here's another thought I have,
0: and this goes back to my whole ranting and raving and stomp, stamping around, stomping around after, as we're watching this hand, is if your opponents are going to twist themselves in pretzels to come up with assumptions that justify folding a hand this good in this spot, we should give them lots of opportunities to do that.
1: When Steinman takes this line, though, we should be bluffing. Not necessarily this line
0: exactly, but I mean more like if Simon is going to come up with these assu- again, maybe Simon has reasons for all these things and they aren't so assumptive, right? Maybe, maybe this actually is a really good fold. Yeah. If, if everything you say is correct as assumptions and he's like, I know this. Yeah. I don't, I don't think this, I know this, I play this, this guy, I know all about him. This is how he plays. Right. Then he can say, I just like, I wasn't getting the right price. It's like, yeah. okay, fair enough, Simon. But assuming that's not the case for a second, and I don't think it's the case as as best as I can determine from you know my I'm sitting far away, my ten thousand foot view on it, then like I don't know, I would feel like I would if I was playing against Diamond, I would look for opportunities to put a lot of pressure on him um, late in late in um, not in tournaments, but late in the hand, yeah, like on turns and rivers, because if he's going to work super hard to find folds, i'm going to give him every chance in the world to do that
1: well. A partial argument for—I know this is a bad argument—but a partial argument for him really knowing what he's doing here is that he's right. Like there is that is evidence that maybe there is something to what he's doing here because it's we only have the sample size of one. Right, that's all we got.
0: It's it's evidence, but it's not very much evidence. I agree. Yeah, it's flimsy. Yeah. If he did this four more times, like you know, James Opst made what three folds and no, he made he had three tough spots in the World Series two years ago. And he folded twice and called once and all of them were painful for him yeah and he was actually wrong two of the three times, but we thought he was probably actually especially seeing what he ended up do like his decision making and when against Valentin Vornue specifically with yeah. him, where he made the call and was wrong at the time we were like, you can't call here but knowing about Valentin Vornaue, yeah. we probably like his decision on all three streets right yeah in all three spots. yeah um, So if I guess I guess it's possible we could end up learning that this guy is just crazy above the rim put all put it all together in one spot but i don't know man david katai's got has shown us some of that but almost no one else has
1: well i'd be interesting to ask so i'm we're gonna try to do that okay great all right so maybe in a month or so we'll have some on wow that would be very exciting it would be cool all right i think we're done yeah